This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. I remember as a child walking past Trinity on my day in town in the 1960s and 50s. If you were a boy in Dublin, you'd, you'd be brought into town for Christmas. You usually went to a shop in Georgia Street called Pim's where you would get to see Santa. And then you'd be brought to a restaurant for your tea, which was usually a restaurant called the Borza or something like that. Fusco's was a chipper and you got fish and chips. And uh, I remember my mother going off to buy a secret present with my brother and, and I was walking around idly with my father walking past Trinity, I was 12 and I said, "What? Well, let's go in there and there was a strange looking man with a jockey cap and gold buttons and, and my dad said to me he said, we're not allowed in there it had a huge a profound effect on me and I said but does Ireland not own that place and he said yeah, but and trust me, we're not allowed. So six years or five years later, I got my leaving cert and I got enough honours and all of that. I was in Irish school down in Ballangiri and I telephoned him from the post office in Cork. And he said, you can go anywhere you like. You've got great results. And I said, well, I'm going to Trinity. And he said, why is that? And I said, you know that because I'm not allowed. That's why I'm going to Trinity. I became chairman of players and then I rented it out to the Abbey to Boss McKenna and I thought everyone would turn up and nobody did and he said what will you do when you leave this Protestant establishment and I said I'm going to be a psychologist he said you'll do nothing of the kind you will telephone me at the Abbey Theatre and you will join the following Monday but you will get your degree first as it happened when I did get my degree I was in the um, in the green room I was just fooling around with somebody and he said ring and it was one of those phones you know press button A 4D you know um, this was 1972 and I telephoned and I said um, and the girl called Sally came on I said Mr. McKenna won't, won't remember me and she said hold on and she said he said yes I said you don't remember he said I remember you well I said did you get your degree I said yes he said you will start with us on Monday and I went in then and then I started directing plays at a ridiculously early age down the peak I was 22 well, Susan and I were in Trinity together and she was the leading light in players and she was beautiful. And, and Trinity was like a little pocket of England there, you know, it was like a sort of a Oxbridge, you know. It was, and there was a guy who was a, a count, a Belgian count, wanted to marry and took her away to show his castle and there was all sorts of guys with hyphenated names. And there I was with my Dublin accent, my flat cap, and not looking great and uh, but you know she and I got on well and I got her in some sort of a way Susan would kill you with kindness and eventually I couldn't take it anymore she would do everything for everybody and I'd say I was norm normal selfish you know when Susan died or when she when we got a false alarm we were told she was going to go out, uh, within a matter of days and we were given the news that she'd four days and then I said to her wonderful oncologist uh, um, Jenny Westrup in Beacon and I said to Jenny look I'll tell her 
And Jenny said, no, no, I've been talking to her about her condition. Um, you come in with me and your daughter and, and I'll tell her. And Susan's in the bed and they tell her that it's not going to be long. And um, and Susan says, how long? And uh, Jenny said, I'm afraid, Susan, it's, it's just a matter of days. And Susan put her hand out onto Jenny's forearm and said, Oh, Jenny, you poor thing, having to give me that news. Now, that's a saint, you know. This is a woman who genuinely, I know we all said it at the funeral, and I know everyone says it, but everybody who knew her, she was an extraordinary woman. And I lived, we were together for three years, we were married for 25, we danced in every room in our house, we have three great children, she brought a very close family even closer. She was a remarkable woman. But she was actually a saint. My father always said to me, roses won't grow around your door unless you plant them. And I think an awful lot of people in life, especially in this generation, are expecting things to happen for them, whether it's my dad will fix it or my mum knows. Or something. And I do think if you want something, you've got to plant the roses if you want to smell the roses. Secondly, I used to have a Latin phrase which I put up in my children's bedroom, which was labor vincit omnia. Work conquers everything. And I really believe that. I believe if you have a problem, instead of saying, oh, this is not going to happen, I think you roll up your sleeves and you tackle it, you know. And I think a great lesson has come, and I know not everybody has watched it, and and they are the new Macbeths, you know, the Underwoods in House of Cards. Um, and I wouldn't like to learn from their morality. But I do think there's a great lesson to be learned about both of them, when they get a problem, they work it. They work how to solve it, and they might stay up till four o'clock in the morning. I think that's a great lesson for anybody. And the last one was, is, and I say this to, to my children, and I say it to myself, treat people as you find them. Don't mind about their reputations. Um, treat people as you find them. Because I know people would say, she's a terrible old bitch, or he's terrible, or something like that. Well, if they haven't been to me, I'm going to wait until they turn out to be, but I'm not going to decide beforehand. Um, so they would be more or less the the continuum of advice. But, you know, it, as it turns out, I mean, my daughter, Sarah, is an independent television producer. My other daughter works in Google and my son works in City. They're giving me the advice now, I'm afraid. And they tell me I've got a little mellower. Like the bubbles in a glass of champagne. 
of sparkling burgundy brew And I find the very mention of you Like the kicker in a julep or two Of the thought that you might give a thought to my plea Cast a spell over me So I say to myself Get a hold of yourself Can't you see that you too Never can be You go to my head With a smile that makes my temperature rise Like a summer with a thousand Julys Intoxicate my soul with your eyes, though I'm certain that this heart of mine hasn't a ghost of a chance with this. Crazy romance You go to my head Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.